Now broadcasting from the Next Gen Conservative Studio in sunny South Florida. Bringing you the latest in politics, current events, and pop culture. This is the Whitfield Report with Sam Whitfield. And good evening, folks, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Whitfield Report podcast. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, broadcasting here live from South Florida on a Thursday evening. And I want to thank you very much for joining me uh, for tonight's program. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at somebodyrun.dc. Gap Harlan Minds at Sam Whitfield, Facebook.com forward slash The Whitfield Report. Uh, and also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, all that jazz. And please leave us a five star rating and review over there. You can also donate uh, directly to the stream, streamlabs.com forward slash The Whitfield Report. And uh, patreon.com forward slash Whitfield Report. All other links are in the description of the video below and will also be in the podcast uh, description as well. Anyway, folks, uh, good evening and I uh, hope you all are well. Hello to E Scorpio and uh, fellow Animeta who are in chat. And uh, I know that there are several others of you who are lurking, Mr. Whiskey. I I know I know you're listening, Mr. That that's right. But uh, anyway, so uh, big week, folks. Uh, most namely, it's been a big week in the uh, broadcasting industry, and. A couple of you guys have been asking me to react to this, but for those of you who don't know the uh, the news yet, uh, Rush Limbaugh has been, well, he's irreplaceable, as everyone knows, and anyone who has followed my show for any period of, of time uh, knows that Rush was a huge inspiration, in fact, the inspiration uh, for me starting the Whitfield Report all those years ago. And um, I did two uh, tribute shows to Rush when he passed, and um, Bruce City also did a fabulous... uh, kind of montage tribute to Rush as well, so check that out on her channel as well. But anyway, the big question kind of uh, ever since since Rush's diagnosis, really, last year, because we all knew it was coming, was who is going to replace Rush on radio? And there were a couple of, uh, you know, names that got thrown around, and uh, I don't want to bore you with all the semantics of, you know, how that process works, but basically, Rush's uh, show was syndicated by iHeartMedia and Clear Channel uh, Communications, so 
they were basically looking for talent from that pool, basically. I bring this up because there were a lot of people who were thinking that, like, that Alex Jones somehow was going to take over that slot. Uh, which, A, you know, even if Alex Jones were part of Clear Channel Media, I doubt they would uh, have someone that con- that edgy and that controversial, especially now, Phil versus Time Slot. Um, there was thinking that Levin was going to move his time slot up, but no. Um, so, who did we end up getting as Russia's replacement? Well, we ended up getting, uh, one individual, Buck Sexton, which I know that sounds like a, uh, a porn star name, but, uh, bear with me. He, uh, actually started out his career in broadcasting 10 years ago, uh, working for Glenn Beck at the Blaze, and he had, he had his own, uh, internet-based show on the Blaze, and, um, then he filled in for Rush a few times, and from what I've heard, uh, the fact that, uh, Rush kind of stole uh, Buck as a fill-in kind of, I guess, created tension between Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh. Uh, that, that's just, I don't know if that's true. That's just one of those things I've kind of heard behind the scenes um, at different conventions, but it is funny, uh, so to speak. So Buck Sexton is the one guy. Um... <laughs> Or as a mint condition chicken calls him, Sex Buxton, which we may have to refer to him as such on the program now, uh, chicken. And then the other guy who has, uh, replaced Rush, who is co-hosting the show with Buck now, is Clay Travis, who is a, uh, sports commentator, he started uh, a website called Outkick, which is um, kind of the conservative uh, libertarian-ish alternative to ESPN. Really, it's ridiculous that nowadays we even have to say that there's a conservative uh, alternative to ESPN because ESPN really shouldn't be political, but they've been kind of political for the last uh, several years, so there you go. Um, And for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, Clay Travis, you might not be familiar with, with his name, but most of you, I'm guessing, will most definitely be familiar with the incident known as, let me find it, uh, Boobs Heard Around the World. So, Clay Travis was on CNN uh, a few years ago, probably about like three years ago, and uh, I guess this anchor had been fired from some sports show because he 
said something that CNN didn't like. And so Clay Travis defended this anchor and was brought on to Brooke Baldwin's show, who's kind of like the the head anchor babe of CNN, or at least she was at that time. And uh, let me cue up the clip here. But um, basically, Brooke Baldwin was saying, oh, this, you know, this other anchor is so horrible and whatnot. And Clay Travis had uh, this to say on the matter. So let me pull this up here. So this is the incident that got dubbed uh, boobs heard round the world. And hopefully uh, you will be able to understand why after this. Now, the screen should be showing up here. I don't know why it's uh, not. Hopefully, hopefully it's showing up for you guys. Um, now, I don't know. Uh, can you guys see that? Let me check the viewfinder. Okay, weird. It's showing up on, uh, it's showing up on my preview screen here, but it's not showing up on the actual stream. Very weird. Um, let me hang on. Let me, let me see here. Maybe I have to play the clip. And that had absolutely nothing to do with sports. And they said, look, you can't have this opinion. It's too conservative. We're not going to allow it. I think that. Okay. I, I don't know what's going on uh, with the clip. And it's weird that it's showing up in my preview thing, but not showing up um, in the window. So, at any rate, though, let me just play the audio of this for you. So, the anchors here are talking, oh, isn't this one uh, other journalist really bad for saying something politically incorrect in the sports media world? Um, and so this is what Clay Travis had to say on that three years ago, and this was the incident that kind of catapulted him into fame, more or less. And that had absolutely nothing to do with sports, and they said, look, you can't have this opinion. It's too conservative. We're not going to allow it. I think that's a bad move. I'm a First Amendment absolutist. I believe in only two things completely the First Amendment, and boobs. And so once they made the decision that they were Wait, not going to allow a conservative, non-sports-related and... commentary, they Wait, couldn't hold on, do it Hold on, either. hold on, hold on. I just want to make sure I heard you correctly as a woman anchoring the show. Did you say, what did you just say? You yeah. believe in the First Amendment and... Now, okay, so there's clay traps on the right of the screen, if you can picture this. Brooke Baldwin is in, in the middle. Brooke Baldwin, by the way, 
as far as CNN anchors go, isn't that bad looking of a day. Go and uh, go and look her up if you uh, really really need to. She's not she's not Fox News uh, anchor babe, but she's pretty good. And then this other guy on the far left of the screen, he's this other like panelist that they brought in to kind of you know say, oh my God, this this you know this anchor that has caused the controversy, he's horrible. This guy is trying not to laugh at Clay Travis's remark. You can see he's trying to, like, uh, you know, he's trying to hide a smirk, but uh, he can't. So, yeah, this is what you'll see. BWBS? Boobs. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history, the First Amendment and boobs. So those are the only two things I believe in absolutely in the country. And so I don't think Jamel Hill should be fired, but I do think straight up that once you make the decision that you are going to let Kurt Schill go, that you have to also make the decision that you're going to let Jamel Hill go. I think that's a bad decision. I think ESPN has made bad decisions that have led to 13 million She's subscribers bailing on the network. They've made bad decisions that have led to ratings collapsing. Jamel Hill's television show is collapsing. Ratings were down 20% last week over last year. I think that's why she's angry. I think that's why she went after Donald Trump. She's begging for ESPN to fire her so she can work somewhere else. Okay. Okay. Um, Keith, what do you think? Uh, listen, listen I, I'm, I'm astonished at almost everything I just heard. Um, one, of the, one of the things that, and Jamel's a personal <laughs> friend, not just, not just a colleague, but a personal friend. One of the things that Jamel's had to deal with her entire career and many women who I'm friends with in this business and have been friends with in this business for a long time is sexism, blatant sexism, comments about her appearance, comments about uh, about her racially, comments about her inability or perceived inability to be able to comment on sports because of, because of her gender. For, so for somebody to come on CNN and to say something like the only thing I believe in in a discussion I'm about just, something. I'm still there, too. And I just want to make sure it, I'm hearing I, you correctly. B-O-O-Z-E or B-O-O-B-S. Because yeah. as a woman, I'm, I'm, I'm. As in boobs. I believe completely in the First Amendment and in boobs. Those are the only two things I believe 100 percent in in this country. And by the way, Jamel Why has absolutely nothing here, to do with her background CNN, at all. Immediately, I, did you notice that? He went straight to that. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I, did go, guys, I did go straight to that. Why would you even it, say that live on national television and with a female host? I say it live on the radio all the time because it's true and that's what I do. Because okay. I like boobs and the First Amendment, which is exactly what I said. So, see, I'm not, I'm not alone in those two things, ladies and gentlemen. You, you think. You think my obsession with boobs is unique to this program? It, it's this not. It's terrible for the organization. Me, uh, it's terrible oh, for the fans. Shut up, autoplay. For... Okay. Um. Yeah. But anyway, that's uh, where Clay Travis got famous from. Now, that was the boobs heard heard around the world instant incident. Now, both Buck and Clay have more or less, uh, well, they have taken over for Rush's old time slot from noon to three uh, Eastern, and I'm not going to play 
the whole thing for you guys. Uh, but I do want to play a brief uh, clip of their first show that um, has that debuted on Monday. And I was hoping to get the cam oh now now it's showing up okay now it's showing up now I want to share this tab but it wouldn't show up when I wanted to do the Clay Travis thing okay weird so I'm not going to play this whole thing but just to give you kind of my idea here was their first uh, monologue this was from the first episode on Monday of the uh, Buck Sexton and Clay Travis show. So, clip number one. For so many years. Because we know that all of you out there listening right now, there is an element of fear in this country that I think for generations we have not ever actually had to deal with of one of the greatest individuals to ever do radio, if not the greatest individual that has ever done radio in the history of this medium. And that's why we're consistently not ever going to say that we are replacing Rush Limbaugh because no one is ever going to replace Rush Limbaugh. But what we are going to do is continue the fights that Rush Limbaugh fought so eloquently and so spectacularly for so many years. Because we know that all of you out there listening right now, there is an element of fear in this country that I think for generations we have not ever actually had to deal with. And I think there's a huge number of you out there right now listening to us who have picked up your phones at some point in time thought about sending a tweet, thought about posting something on Facebook, thought about sending something on Instagram, but you are so terrified about what might happen if you share your actual opinion that you didn't do it. And if you haven't had that thought, I guarantee you that you've had that thought about your kids or your grandkids or someone in your family and worried that if you actually say what you think, you are going to find yourself in the midst of a cancel culture storm. And we are here. This is one of the great things about the platform that we have. As big tech is strangling down and circumscribing what everybody can say and what they can't say. As there is a overwhelming atmosphere of censorship that is descending across the country and continuing to grow. Buck Sexton and I are so incredibly excited and so incredibly grateful to be able to talk to all of you every single day and help to fight the battles that Rush Limbaugh fought for generations, for decades. And we are going to be the voice for many people who do not feel like they have a right to share their voice. And we are going to be the absolute most honest show, I believe, anywhere that you are going to find in radio or any other medium. And one of the reasons 
that this show is going to continue to be so powerful is in an era when so many people, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Google, whether it's Amazon, so many places out there are keeping you from being able to be exposed to the truth and to the facts. Radio, it's an old medium buck, but it's one of the most reliable out there. We're going to be able to talk to all of you directly and help to make, I really do believe this, the country a better, smarter place, and maybe, just maybe, we're going to be able, I believe, to win a lot of the battles that matter going forward. Now, some of you may have heard my voice before, and I bring it up just because I had the incredible good fortune seven years ago in 2014 to fill in for uh, the late, great Rush Limbaugh, and then a number of times afterwards. I bring it up because one thing that Clay and I have been absolutely dedicated to from the very beginning here is that we understand that there's a mission. We understand that there is a fight ahead. It would be hard to think of a more difficult time in living memory in this country for conservatives to feel like they're getting a fair shot in the marketplace of ideas. That in this culture war, we're not seeming to just seed ground every day. And what was Rush? Well, he was a valiant warrior for his cause, but he was also in, in military parlance. I know there are a lot of you out there who are current or, or former military. He was the great force multiplier. Rush Limbaugh is the reason I do talk radio. Rush Limbaugh is the reason so many others across the country are even in this medium. He was the one that we all looked to. He was the leader of this movement. And there's a whole generation now, or multiple generations really, of people who are taking up the fight for conservatism because of what Rush Limbaugh stood for and what he meant. So we show up here in this studio together, Clay and I, every day trying to do honor to that memory. And we understand that this is something that is, is sacred to all of us and to all of you. We will be your advocates in this. We will be the people who try to spread the message of conservatism across the country and continue on that work of Rush as a force multiplier, as somebody who inspired so many others. It was a huge break in, in my career and a huge moment in my life when I got to sit at the mighty EIB mic seven years ago. I couldn't have thought at the time that here I'd be sitting with Clay and now on hundreds of stations across the country trying to take up the mantle, trying to continue on in that fight. My great hope here is that we will make all of you proud, that we will make the uh, memory of Rush proud, and we'll do everything that we can to fight for this country that we love so very much. And you will be a critical part in that process. Your phone calls, your emails, your, your notes to us. We want this audience to feel as interactive as possible with us throughout the course of this show because we are here to represent you. And I actually got mentioned on Twitter by, I'm not sure whether it was Clay or Buck who was replying to me on Monday, but I followed their official show account and I, I do tweet during the show uh, when these guys are on, or at least I did this week. Um, they also have a free audio podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts and other places as well. The reason why I bring this up is because, you know, a, well, A, people have been asking to react to this and how I think, you know, they they did. So let me just say this. For their first week so far, and it's only Thursday, uh, 
they've done pretty well. I really up until uh really Apex took over uh as not really took over but came on kind of as a co-host. I was doing this show solo mostly. I had a I had had one other co-host uh of the show oh before when I first moved here to Florida and then he had to move on but uh you know I've I've been pretty much you know doing radio solo for a while and uh you know then that that like I had too many like radio shows that were co-hosted but I I like their uh, dynamic. The thing that I find interesting about Clay Travis is because he is initially a sports guy. Um, I think that, I think kind of mixing politics and sports, uh, they shouldn't go together, but, uh, unfortunately, it seems that now everything is political, which we'll get to more of that in a sec. Um, but so far, I think these guys have a really good chemistry with each other. And, um, yeah, Steely is saying Apex took over the show. Uh, confirmed. Well, who knows? There, there might be a day when I need to take a Saturday off or something. And instead of canceling the show, I might just leave it to Apex and Whiskey to co-host one of these days. I I don't know. That could either be a very good idea or very or a very bad idea. I'm not sure which. Oh and by oh and by the way, um, thank you for the for subscribing, uh, Croco Ten. Good to see you in the in the chat as well. So, overall, I, uh, I'm optimistic for what this, <laughs> for what this, uh, show, how it's sort of goes. And Scorpio made a comment that, uh, you know, is, even though it's, it's kind of against Rush, it's, it's funny. Uh, so they're going to find an oxy addiction. Uh, Rush did kick his oxy addiction, though, uh, uh, Scorps, but still, that, that is pretty damn funny. Um, I, I'm just curious to see if this will, uh, you know, last or whatnot. I, I can already guarantee you that some of our, uh, you know, other right-wing grifters are, uh... I, I can tell you for sure that Crowder is upset that he did not get Rush's uh, golden EIB mic. Why, why Crowder would be upset? I mean, I can figure why he'd be upset, but why he thinks he even has a shot at the, at the mic is beyond me. He 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 didn't even work he didn't even work for the same company that Rush did. Um so well whiskey maybe I'll have you on as co-host and 
give Apex the night off uh, at, at some point. You know, who knows? Uh, also, uh, thank you for subscribing to the channel, Walter Cl Klondike Benjamin. Uh-oh. Um, and also, thank you for subscribing to the channel, uh, Steely. Alright, so, you know, first week mini radio show, I think, uh, first week mini radio show is bumpy, but I think so far, they've done a good job, and I'm curious to see uh, how they go on in the future, and I, I guarantee you that at some point they're going to get in the news for for something. Uh, you know, boobs heard around the world actually made headlines again because someone dug it up from Media Matters and brought it up, and everyone was like, yeah, that was three years ago. And, you know, as far as I know, Clay's position hasn't really really taken. And for and for all of you who are now wondering, I did not steal the I Isle of Boobs thing from Clay Travis. I mean, I like boobs too, but you know, that's just a fact. I didn't I didn't steal the bit I didn't steal that from him. Um <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, come come to think of it, East Corporate brings up a good point. How Steely, how were you? I I thought you I thought you were subscribed. You mean to tell me that you just that you just uh you you mean that you just uh kept showing up here but never subscribed? And yeah, I pro I probably did I probably did wrench you to upset you. Which means I can't unwrench you because that's what you want. Um. No, we we love we love Steely. We love our we love all of our mods here at the Whitfield Report. Uh, quite frankly. Um. So yeah, new uh show, and uh, I'm up. I'm optimistic, but we'll have to wait and see how it goes with the next you know, year or so. I'm sure I'll be bringing up stuff that Clay and Buck uh, say, you know, I'm sure I'll, I'll be mentioning them in the future for sure in their takes. Uh, anyway, though, speaking of sports, though, um, this is another topic. So Thursdays, we do Pop Culture Thursdays. And, um, you know, so I just covered the, the new era of, of excellence in broadcasting thing. Uh, and by the way, Clay and Buck have also kept the EIB moniker. So that's cool because my hat is still somewhat current then, I guess. Um, but in a, um, kind of kind of shifting topics unlike Clay Travis who has talked uh, sports radio for years and years I 
seldom bring up um, sports on the program. I like sports, but um, as far as topics to cover on the show, I'm not into stats or players or really any of that stuff, at least when it comes to the show. I I follow sports casually, but I'm not really into it enough to to uh, follow the show directly to you know make a sports podcast necessarily. Um, with that being said, there is there was a store earlier this week that got mentioned in the news that everyone has been talking about, and that's the Carl uh, Nassab who got signed on to the Los Angeles Raiders and the LA Raiders are basically well they used to be the the Oakland Raiders but they're still the rival uh, team of my home team the Denver Broncos right so I'm not a fan of the Raiders to begin with but Earlier this week, it was announced that Carl Nassab, who I guess is, let me see here, show notes, um, oh, yeah, so LA Raiders defense Ben Carl Nassab, um, he came out as gay earlier this week. Now... Look, as far as sports goes, ladies and gentlemen, I I honestly don't really care if someone is uh, gay or not. There's been all sorts of, like, fanfare from ESPN um, that has come out about this. They've been running headlines about how, like, Karmas Nassab is the first openly, uh, you know, tight end... Uh, defensive end and uh, Joy Behar actually got in trouble because she made a joke about uh, the defensive end and running running it up the rear now uh, which just to show you how, how absurd things have gotten the cancel culture mob is now going after her which you know look I'm not really it, it's a joke I'm not a fan of, uh, I'm not a fan of her or, uh, you know, any of the other hens on the view, but my God, she made it, you know, she made a joke, so she shouldn't have been canceled for that. What's interesting, though, is about two days after the story of Karno Sop coming out as gay surfaced, um, this also surfaced, and I am now going over to, uh, Chris Stigall's Facebook page. So, this was sent to me by a friend, um, who, who sent me this because they thought that, they thought this would be interesting to cover. So Karl Nassab comes out as gay, right? 
and it makes national news it's a big thing he's getting adulation from the national media and then what happens well uh someone goes through his instagram feed and finds a picture uh damn it of uh him basically wearing a american flag uh do-rag on his head and a trump shirt and the shirt reads uh legends are are born in june and it has a uh picture of trump on the front again i don't know why this isn't showing up tonight uh let me turn off studio mode here okay there that should go um so so this gets posted and it goes from being like a hero to basically the media goes silent all of a sudden the fanfare stops now look is this really newsworthy um no i just find it funny that that at first the media is all like oh he's he's a gay he's a gay football player how wonderful Let's plaster them all over the, uh, let's plaster them all over CNN. Let's plaster them all over all the news websites. Let's, you know, let's, let's report on this every two minutes. This is the biggest, uh, story in sports media of the year. It could even be the story of the century in sports. Comes out with this. He is a a drum supporter. He's not the one wearing the shirt, right? But he's the one kind of on on the side here wearing the uh the do-rag. And his other friend is wearing the uh the shirt. But I mean the implication is pretty clear. He's one of those evil uh drum supporters, right? So now the media is Silent, more or less, on him. Now, look. I could honestly... I could honestly care less that he's gay, straight, a Trump supporter, a liberal, whatever. As long as he can play football on the field, that is ultimately what matters. That's what it should matter. Yeah, Whiskey says, you're not the gay we're looking for. The reason I bring this whole issue up is 
it does show hypocrisy on Mita's part, right? As Whiskey said, you're not the gay we're looking for. It also brings up something that I mentioned a few years ago, which is Colin Kaepernick, right? The reason why conservatives, myself included, find Colin Kaepernick so annoying isn't so much that he is a Black Lives Matter uh, activist and whatnot, although that is part of it. But if Colin Kaepernick were doing his Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, thing off the stadium, I wouldn't have nearly as much of a problem. But the, the problem I have with Colin Kaepernick is he is really the first one to, that I can think of, who brought his politics outside of the sports world and on to the football stadium. And not only uh, was he kneeling for the flag, but then he got others to kneel, you know, during the national anthem. He was wearing socks that said, like, cops are pigs and whatnot. He was making political statements during the game. And that just... That, to me, is uncalled for. I mean, you could argue that Tim Tebow doing the Tebow thing was kind of the same. Some people have made that argument. It's not the same. Uh, He was, you know, praying before the game. He wasn't making a political statement necessarily. And he wasn't even saying that, like, I'm better than any of the fans because I pray on the field. That That's not what it is at all. But Colin Kaepernick politicized the NFL in a major way, and, and football went from being something that everyone could sit around, you know, on the couch on Sundays. You know, and the only rivalry that really mattered was the rivalry b- between sports teams, right? And Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick went and, you know, changed changed that and made it so that, you know, sports became, and more specifically football became another uh, political tool for them to use. To use. It stopped becoming about, uh, you know, football and it started becoming, well, we need to talk race, racial issues because if, uh, you know, if we can't talk about racial issues in, um, if we can't talk, talk about racial issues on the football field, then when can we? Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Someone mentioned Caitlyn Jenner in the chat. I want to make sure I get to that. Um... Yeah, and Teddy Spaghetti is right. They are pushing. Well, that's all not the topic for another time. I might get to that on the Saturday show, uh, since the Saturday show is a little bit more political. Uh, and I honestly, actually, 
you bring up a good point, uh, Teddy. I, I haven't brought up the, um, I actually haven't brought up the uh, Caitlyn Jenner thing in California really at all on the show before. So if that's a topic that you guys would be interested in, uh, I'm, I would be all down for covering that. Uh, but yeah. And uh, Larry brings up a good point. The gay Republicans have been around for a while. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, in regards to calling this up, you know, as far as the, um, as far as him being gay, I could care less. I still hate calling the, calling the, calling the sob, but not for the reasons you may think. Like I said, I could care less that calling the sob is gay. I hate Carl Nassab because I'm a Broncos fan. And yes, even though the Raiders have moved from Oakland to LA, that that doesn't change anything. I actually liked I actually liked um, Oakland better when they I, I actually liked the Oakland Raiders better when they were in the Oakland Raiders because LA just seems like such a shit city in general i i've i've made fun of la several times but anyway um so yeah that's my take on the whole carl nasab thing for those of you who are wondering now final uh i guess story of the evening this is one that actually i just kind of found last night this does Dive a little into politics, but not that much. So I actually saw this last night on Twitter, and I I retweeted it and said, this is a holy shit moment. In fact, uh, let me... Let me see here. I, I, I know I have it on my timeline. Um... Basically, if any of you guys follow me on Twitter at SimDoerUnderscoreNDC, um, a couple of you have probably seen, probably saw what I tweeted last night, uh, which essentially, uh, well, here's the, here's the uh, crux of the matter. Rose McGowan went on to Tucker Carlson's show last night to talk about uh, Britney Spears basically uh, being abused by the Hollywood system. Now, let me uh, let me cue this up on YouTube. Hold on a sec. So, uh, let me see. So this was from last night on, um, this was from last night on Tucker Carlson tonight. Uh, Rose Mc, Rose McGowan goes on to, uh, make big announcement on Tucker Carlson regarding Britney Spears. 
And I'll explain why this is a holy, why this was a holy shit moment in the media last night. So let me get this queued up first off. Okay. Alright, so, just to kind of set up from pretense here, so, one of the reasons why this is so amazing just to start off is because Rose McGowan is on the far, far left, and Tucker Carlson is on more conservative side. Some have identified him on the alt-right, although he really isn't. So the fact that even on the same show, like, that's a whole big thing in and of itself, but this kind of more or less seemed like a cold call uh, segment that was on Tucker's show last night, kind of unexpected, uh, and so let's just roll the tape and watch this for yourselves. As we told you at the top, right before we came on the air tonight, we heard that the actress Rose McGowan wanted to come on and talk about something. We've never met Rose McGowan uh, before, but we're completely open-minded. We just learned it has something to do with Britney Spears, who we've not interviewed since she was literally a teenager. But apparently, we have just read she's been under a conservatorship for the last 13 years. And this has been in the news, flew under our radar, but it has been. And Rose McGowan has been watching it, too, and has thoughts about it. She joins us now. Rose McGowan, thanks. Okay, one criticism I have of Tucker is why does he always refer to himself? Why does he always refer to himself as we? We have interviewed Rose McGowan. Uh, Tucker, I have interviewed Rose McGowan, so there, so there's no we. I get why you use we when talking about you and your audience, but no, you interviewed Britney Spears 13 years ago. I didn't. Uh, just a nitpick there. Come on and talk about something. We've never met Rose McGowan uh, before, but we're completely open-minded. We just learned it has something to do with Britney Spears, who we've not interviewed since she was literally a teenager. But apparently, we have just read she's been under a conservatorship for the last 13 years, and this has been in the news flew under our radar, but it has been, and Rose McGowan has been watching it too and has thoughts about it. She joins us now. Rose McGowan, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Hi, Tucker. Nice to meet you too. I also have an open mind. Well, <laughs> this is my favorite quality in a person. Thank you. Um, so I'm coming at this cold. I, again, haven't seen Britney Spears since 2003. I just read she's been in her conservatorship. I, Make the case, if you would. What is it, and why is that bad or good? Well, in my opinion, and in many others, it's bad. Imagine you're a 25-year-old young woman or young human who has been forced to perform since as long as she could walk to support her family. Yes. Her father put her under conservatorship at age 25. Many in the media laughed and scorned her when she shaved her head. I lived in Hollywood during that time, and I've made it my life's mission to tell all of you out there 
what so many of you really know deep down, that fame and Hollywood and the media machine are rotten to the core, and they do hurt and they do damage. At age 25, her father and a judge ruled uh, with many paid off doctors' help that Britney Spears had dementia. So, since then, she's gone on to do a five-year residency in Vegas, two shows a day. She's gone on a tour in 2018. And what happened today is literally a cultural landmark moment. It is a cultural reset. She got to speak for the first time, I believe, in her life, honestly and openly. And what has been done to her is horrific. And I know it seems like, why should we care about a, a rich pop princess, right? But I think it's deeper than that. And I think it goes to what you talk a lot about, which is the rot in the machine and how society also plays a part in a weird form of oppression. Man, I mean, you've, you've pushed all my buttons, I have to say. I mean, <laughs> the idea that the individual is crushed by forces larger than her and that deep down it really is rotten and that people are treated as disposable objects rather than as human beings with souls. I mean, that's all, that's all a display every single day. So pardon my ignorance, but quickly, conservatorship means she can't make basic life decisions for herself? Absolutely none. She can make no decisions. When she sees her kids, uh, what medicine she takes. She said today, Britney Spears said they put her on lithium. That is an incredibly helpful drug for some, but a hardcore drug. She said she was doped out, I'm summarizing. And she... I think is ready to blow the lid. She said she was probably also molested as a as a kid. If you, I mean, had your had your bets, I guarantee you that there was almost a you know there's like a ninety seven percent chance that she was molested when she was a kid. I'm assuming, especially, you know, she was one of the Disney kids in the 90s. And a lot of them have come out and said that she was, uh, that, you know, they were all molested. Now, this could be the start of one of two things. I'm hoping that this is the former rather than the latter. Um... Hopefully this will be the start of some actual, you know, people in Hollywood getting uh, arrested for some of this, you know, abuse and pedophilia and, you know, trafficking of people. Or Rose McGowan could be going the way of, uh, of Corey Feldman, where he just... You know, and what Corey Feldman does is he simply LARPs, um, you know, Corey Feldman famously claims that he was molested when he was, when he was a child actor. Um, it's gotten to the point with, um, with Corey Feldman where it's kind of become his LARP now. And, uh, you know, he keeps like, fundraising money for all these documentaries and um whatnot e scorpio here in the chat has actually kind of followed the whole uh 
you know, Corey Feldman uh, Pedo Hunter LARP here for the past few years. So I'm curious, um, you know, Swarp, I don't know if you're still in chat to know what your thoughts on this is. Do you think that Rose McGowan is LARPing or what? Uh, and also, quick side note, uh, Tucker, you need a, uh, you need a different default, uh, face other than awkward stare, buddy. Because that that's, that's your default face. She's so angry, it's insane. And I understand that, that kind of rage after being the, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I didn't, I didn't say anything. I'm, I'm listening intently. Oh, sorry, I heard something. So, you know, the thing is, I was the first one to go on the record about Harvey Weinstein and that kind of sickness and the people that are truly putting your entertainment in your head. And while we've all been entertained by Britney Spears, she's been being tortured. And I know it, it, it seems like one person. But they've done this to women and humans and whistleblowers and people they don't like. And, and really, like you said, Tucker, the people, the monsters in power that control the puppet, not just her, but like the message it sends to every girl or every boy out there that you are disposable and the elite can own you. So I, so I think it matters. I do. I think the individual matters above all. Yeah. And if they can destroy one person, they can destroy everyone. I, I know nothing but what you just told me, but I think you make a really compelling case. I love that you care. And I'm really glad that you came on tonight. Rose McGowan, thank you very much. I'm honored. Thank you, Tucker. So will this be the next? Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click here to uh, uh, shut up, Sean. Uh, so. This but this begs the question: Will this be the next? Uh, you know, will this be the next grift? Um, or is this going to be legit? I'm I'm curious. I'm hoping it'll actually be legit, but I, I'm I'm not sure. The reason why I think this is kind of a holy shit moment, and, and the one thing that makes me think that this might be real is the fact that, like, Tucker and Rose McGowan are ideologically, like, different. Like, she she's vehemently anti-Trump, and as Adam Carolla has also said in the, in the past, Rose McGowan—and see, here's the other thing— Rose McGowan kind of has a reputation of being a crazy lady. Um, as Scorpio points out in chat, which I did not know this until Scorpio uh, pointed this out, apparently apparently Rose McGowan identifies as Mexican. <laughs> and uh, we all know how Scorpio feels about that, don't we? So, you know, it could be a LARP. It could be real, folks. I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Let me know in the chat or in the comments or tweet at me. And so, 
without further ado, folks, I think that will do it uh, for tonight's uh, program. Saturday night, I'm going to be doing a show, uh, hopefully with Apex. And I want to dive deeper into the New York City uh, mayoral race. I think there's some very interesting stuff happening uh, regarding that. Uh, Joe Biden made a stupid remark about the Second Amendment, which I will uh, also cover on Saturday. A lot of Biden stuff. Uh, as, as I told Whiskey uh, in private chat the other uh, night, be prepared for me to use the word Biden and dementia uh, during, during the next, uh, couple of shows a lot. So much so that you can almost, uh, make a drinking game out of it. Also, uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do this yet, but I'm hoping to be able to put together a 4th of July celebration stream, um, for the Whitfield Report. So if any of you would be interested in, uh, participating on that, Hit me up on Twitter, um, Instagram, Parlor. If you follow me on Discord or know how to get in touch with me over there, uh, do so. I would love to, you know, celebrate the 4th of July, just have a casual uh, stream over there. And, uh, you know, we'll take them from there. But anyway, folks, uh... Thank you all for tuning in tonight to the Whitfield Report. I want to thank you all for tuning in. From all of us here at NGC Studios, have a good night. God bless. God save this great nation. And God freedom like see in that order. I'll see you on the next episode of the Whitfield Report, which means I'll see you guys on Saturday at 10.05 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you all for tuning in. And have a good evening. Thanks for listening to The Whitfield Report on the NGC Network. Please visit Sam's website at www.thesamwhitfield.com and support Sam on Patreon at patreon.com slash whitfieldreport. Until next time, God bless, God save this great nation, and God, freedom, legacy, in that order.